Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. We're working on attachment and after playfulness or play, after play comes acceptance as the next way to build a healthy attachment. Yes. So uh, acceptance, what does that mean? It means are you in this relationship or are you out? I've never had that conundrum before. The in part? (laughs) Never had to tell someone that ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Acceptance is also, um, so it's about attentiveness to needs and wants, whether you're seen as somebody who's valued and cared about, and um, there's a level of responsiveness to acceptance. And there's a big part of what we talked about in emotions of being a seen and known is what I'm, what I'm experiencing emotionally, physically, mentally, is that seen, known, and accepted. Yes, and how much of me is seen, known, and accepted. So it almost sounds like you guys are referring to empathy there. Which is the next step, yeah, mm-hmm. in the PACE acronym. Well, isn't there C? So uh, here's one example. So the LGBTQ plus community uh, sometimes have families that are not accepting. They'll mm-hmm. say, we love you, and we don't accept this part of you. And you can't have a healthy attachment if you don't accept that part of someone. And that leads to rupture. That leads to really difficult dynamics. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll spend another podcast on this down the road, but it leads to increased uh, suicide ideation and attempts. So that's how important acceptance is in healthy attachment. So it's the whole saying of like, hate the sin, love the sinner kind of thing, or it's saying like, I love you. I just don't accept what you're doing. Yes. Seeing a part of someone as sin, for example, the other person isn't going to feel very accepted. Because that's still a part of them. It's not just, that's part of them. It's not just something you can like separate out and say, I like that of you, but I don't like that. And it's like, well, I'm a whole person who either accept me or. Right. So let's flip the script. I love you. I don't like your religion. Mm-hmm. I think it goes not to just level of not liking or disagreeing, though. That's is actually rejection. So when we when we talk about acceptance, one of the biggest attachment traumas we experience is rejection, not disagreement, not hey we see things a little bit differently, but full on rejection. And so, and that leads into the difference between shame and guilt right? So with shame, you are the problem versus the behavior. And when we get to the point where we say, because you have this behavior, you're a problem. And that's, that's where we talk about um, the lack of acceptance, then we're moving into that shaming of a person and that rejection. And so rejection trauma is really, it's really a big part of where we see attachment traumas. And it can come from 
characteristics, absolutely, sexuality, religion, morals, values, um, all the big political topics I hate talking about. Qualities, Uh, even like uh, you might grow up in an athletic family, but you're not athletic, and so you're not accepted, or uh, you might feel dumb, or you might not be in the same AP classes as your siblings, and so you're not accepted, or you might not get the same time and attention that falls under acceptance. And the focus of not being the same versus finding ways, because I, I think of finding ways to accept each other, right? So it's okay to have differences. We often see that um, teenagers focus a lot on acceptance, right? Especially with their peer group. Um, it becomes a little bit uh, obnoxious and annoying to anyone who has to work with them because they all start to act and dress and you know, walks like a duck and talks like a duck and nobody's sure who the lead duck is, but they're all doing it. And that's, that's what we see as acceptance, but we can accept people and their differences and celebrate them. So in a family where maybe somebody has athletic ability and another person is, loves music or they are a baker or they're a reader, it's about acknowledging that they're all equally good versus there's a preference to hobbies or behaviors that make us more accepting. Yeah, which is really important. Are we celebrating those differences or are we making fun of those differences? Are we ignoring those differences? All of that comes into it, uh, attachment and acceptance. But going into this idea of how do we communicate acceptance? How do we work through that? I love the idea. And I know we've talked about the drama triangle without fully going through it. But this idea of emotional maturity comes with being okay with the other person being different than you are versus in young we talked about it in in very immature dismature early emotional development it's all about us you've seen that if you've ever worked with young children we talked about parallel play being the first form of play that's very much about us we eventually move into the you me relationship where we can see a difference between what other people think and feel and how to approve of them and that it can be okay for it to be different than how I think of Phil and I can approve of me. Well, I mean, you referenced drama triangle. We probably should just do an episode about it. And just get We're it out getting of the way. to it. <laughs> this brings up the empowerment dynamic or Ted, as we lovingly refer to it as the empowerment dynamic for it. I think the important part of it is looking at it and saying, because I, I like the concept of the drama triangle of making sure that we're aware of it. But for me, the drama triangle is nothing until you recognize the opposites because the drama triangle can feel very shaming. It can feel very much this idea of um, don't be these kinds of people. There's three different types of people in it. With the empowering dynamic, with what you're talking about, acceptance, all of, and they're like the, the, um, instead of the evil twin or the good twin of all of those like drama triangle characteristics, they're taking what the need is. Okay. So one of them, the need is I've been hurt. And instead of saying and staying in that, you're looking at that need of, I need to validate I've been hurt, but how am I going to get to become a, um, more, more whole person, a person who has options and things like that. So what you're doing is you're first. And what I like to tell with my clients, you're accepting your position in the scheme of it. You're not saying that I need to pretend like I wasn't hurt and that's how I can become a healthy person and get through it. And the same with any of the other places, right? I need to accept that I want to help people. 
I need to accept that something isn't okay and I need to say something about it, right? And so with this acceptance concept, what I really like about it is that what it's saying is that I can accept the the things that are happening and it's me through accepting that I can then look at my other options, right? I love that you shifted that too, because we do worry a lot about other people accepting us. And that is something that we see and we model in families mm-hmm. and in those micro environments that we are often in, whether it be work or school or those kinds of things. So with the shift in how to have healthy attachment is not just to see your relationship with other people and saying, am I being accepted by them? But also to check in with yourself of, am I accepting of where I am? Accepting Uh of the fact that I'm a human who will grow and change and isn't perfect. Am I accepting that I will fail? that I will rupture relationships, that I will have to repair them? Am I accepting of those things? And that gets taught to us and modeled. I was talking to somebody just the other day and they were talking about how painful it was to be rejected and they felt like they had to be perfect and they had to remove themselves from a situation where they felt like the expectation was perfection. And I was able to show them that their parents had never modeled failure. They had never modeled, how do you fail well? It's one of my favorite uh, movies about this is Meet the Robinsons. If you (laughs) haven't watched that, I really love the level of acceptance that we see in there. Mm -hmm. But that when we fail well, when we realize, oh yeah, we can rupture, it is safe to rupture and I can repair successfully. That is a huge power shift for people who have had attachment wounding because they realize instead of feeling powerless to get the acceptance, that they can move into this empowerment that you're talking about, Haley, and receive acceptance both from themselves and others. Yeah. Yeah. Do we accept ourselves? Do we... I feel like we're in good company on our own. Do we hate to see ourselves in the mirror? Uh, Are there things that we would change about ourselves, not because we want to continue to improve, but because we feel disgust about ourselves, going back to the disgust episode that we feel like this is bad for me, that we are bad for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Perfectionism is transmitted in families. Shame is transmitted in families. And then it can also be in those other environments like school and work and those kinds of things. And so understand that as we move through attachment and we start to recognize it while your family is not perfect, we can see a lot of attachment wounding outside the family too. So I have a moderately healthy family growing up, meaning that, um, I would not say I was overly traumatized as a kid, but then I experienced because I was an overweight kid at the age of nine, I started gaining weight after having my appendix out and I got a lot of rejection socially and it led to a lot of depression. The the thing that my parents did well is my parents never focused on my weight. They focused on the ways they could accept me and it built a self-esteem so much that I was able to move forward and see myself outside of my physical body when when I have dealt with that feeling of body shaming, both from my internal world and my external world. And I was able to move forward 
and say, what, what can I be good at until I could eventually start to work on my health and see improvement in that. Mm-hmm. No, I like, I like what you're saying there too. And it's, it's less about only work on the things that you can control. Cause I think that that really minimizes the current issues in front of you or the current stressors in front of you. But it is about saying like, you can accept, like, I'm sure your parents weren't, you know, in the background saying like, you're really not having any issue with your health and your weight at all. Right. Like they, they weren't minimizing it. They were saying, yeah, we accept that. But we also accept you have all these other things too that are happening in your life that are really good. And so I can hold both of those for you because in the end, like you were saying, like modeling failure in that movie, Meet the Robinsons, which I love as well. um, It's just that idea that they accepted the great things about him and they held that just as easily as they could hold the things that were not great. And in those moments, it's not even the fact that those are like awful things about you, but the fact that the things that bring you shame, the things that bring you like these situations of feeling like you've, you've failed in different ways and things like that. And so in the end, that's the thing with attachment, especially that we need to model is healthy attachment is not that it's just easy for me to do it, but saying like, I make a marked effort that I will hold those really great things about you as well as I can hold the things that you feel like are not as great because it's not even the fact of outside the world is saying yeah those things about you are awful it's the fact that internally I'm feeling like they're not great and so it's respecting that person's view and respecting their discomfort and being willing to be there either way for them when we look at how to heal rejection and I look at both the big social rejections that we can look at um, racism uh, issues around differences in culture or sexuality or religion some of those big hot button topics one of the things I see a lot is that rejection is actually based in fear Mm -hmm. and not fact I think a lot of times we think that when people say something that is rejecting, it's based in fact. Well, it, go ahead. Well, recently, um, there's a very public situation going on that I won't address directly because it's stupid, but there's a public figure who decided to make some remarks against a certain type of religious feeling. In I know the, the one you're talking about. Yeah. So um, in that situation, a lot of people are kind of, they have very differing views for the most part at least everyone I follow is like that wasn't okay (laughs) right but with the situation that I'm referring to there's a lot of people who are looking at it and saying well if you're not a member of that certain religious group you shouldn't have you know whatever or it, it shouldn't be a big deal in that situation though I think that that's part of the acceptance of what you're discussing is this whole feeling of but if you can't accept those things how can you like as much as you're saying you can hold the good things for people, like if you can't accept things that you feel like are not great, I don't feel like you truly actually like others, right? It's like this feeling of like, like what you're saying, it's this idea of like, it's not even the fact that those are bad qualities. That's though they aren't, that's the problem is that those aren't bad qualities, but you're looking at this public figure. And we've had a lot of those, I feel like recently where they like to zero in on certain groups they don't like and things like that. And what I don't think they realize is with the attachment aspect, not only have they alienated a certain group that they've decided they don't like or deem important, 
But what they're actually saying is to the people they do like that they don't really have the ability to like them as much as possible. Right. And so it's, you can't just get rid of something and say, oh, I still have the same capability to love you as much. Right. What it's saying is that if I'm getting rid of the things I don't like and not able to hold discomfort, I'm actually lessening my ability to really find a good connection with the people that I have deemed okay. And so it actually creates this really unbalanced attachment, right? You're not actually creating a stronger attachment with the group you like. You're actually showing them how little you have available to actually put into emotional bonding with them as well. It's interesting because I had a conversation yesterday about um, someone seeing some some racism in another person. And I said, one of the things that I know is as soon as we have that, and I'm going to use the word disgust or rejection mm-hmm. for any one thing, people, culture, race, anything like that, what we're really experiencing is our own fear. Mm-hmm. And even an attempt to get acceptance through rejecting other people. That actually is one of the most, I'm gonna call it obnoxious things that I experience with working with teenagers is the easiest way to get acceptance as a teenager is to hate something mm-hmm. and or rebel. If And we all just rebel together, right? So a lot of kids are looking for acceptance socially. That's very normal. That's very appropriate for their age development. And then what's the easiest way to get accepted? The easiest way to get accepted for most people is to rebel together. So either we do drugs together or we skip school together or we do these things together. And just being present in the rebellion makes us feel accepted, right? Because we aren't managing our um, social responsibility at all in those situations. And so we see that as common. So when we see a public figure or anyone say, I have a problem with this person or these people, what you're really saying is you are trying to get acceptance through rejecting. It's like low hanging fruit right? It's the idea of like, yeah, you can get some people to give you acceptance, but your quality of how you're doing it is very like, I don't know. I want to say blase, but I'm going to, and I'm going to go to, it's not even hanging fruit. It's the fruit on the ground. That's moldy guys back away, back Mm -hmm. away from that kind of acceptance because it's not real acceptance. And the minute you try and improve or correct yourself or own a difference in a healthy way, you will be rejected because the only way you got acceptance was staying unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of those things that we need to start to recognize is, is that when people are rejecting, they're trying to get acceptance and teaching each other how to do acceptance in a healthy way is much better than just shaming other people's rejection. So in order to have healthy acceptance, I think what just kind of paraphrasing what we've already talked about. It sounds like we need to definitely have that balance. We need to practice acceptance of things that not just make us uncomfortable, but I think we need to practice looking at someone who, I think one of the good exercises is looking at someone who we can easily say, I accept that person and all their things. Right. 
And it's not that you need to tear them apart, but you need to look at them and say, what about them do I accept? I accept that, you know, Taylor, if I'm looking at him, he sometimes needs to be medicated in order to do different things. Sometimes. <laughs> he, <laughs> no, if I'm, I'm looking, a mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Taylor, it's acceptance of, okay, so recently we were painting an office, we were moving <laughs> furniture, things like that. I have to accept the fact like Taylor is really great with a lot of different things. I will not put him in charge of moving a couch. Okay. Not even a chair. Not even a chair. <laughs> I will tell him, go screw in the wall plates, please, while I move the couches and chairs. <laughs> but it's and it's that's like a jokingly way of saying it, but it's it's looking at someone and saying, like that's the extent of my ability. That's fine. Know? Yeah. And other people might feel kind of upset because they're like, everything needs to be completely equal in our friendship or with this acceptance. Like I need to be able to accept there's all these different things to balance it more. And it's saying, well, yes, there are balancing things that definitely happen. Right. So I send a man to do my job and yeah. that man is my wife. <laughs> sure she's going to love that you said that. She laughs really hard. <laughs> but I think it's one of those things where I think practicing acceptance maybe the idea of just going to a group or a people or an idea that feels very uncomfortable to us, practicing it with something like that may not be, it may not be a, you're fine. It may not be a good beginning step because it may feel very uncomfortable or at least unsafe, but practicing with people that we feel comfortable and safe with, I think, and looking and saying, what about this relationship and this friendship do I notice I find acceptance with it? And I'm going to add a couple words to that. I thought that was a really great example. There's a couple things I would say. When we're in fear, we talked a little bit about how rejection is a fear-based thing. Acceptance is a is the the healthier op- option, which is trust. And I know some people have trust issues or everyone has trust issues, but let me tell you what I mean by that. When we start to be open to understanding and curious about learning more, we're moving into trusting our ability to process information for ourselves and look at things from the whole perspective versus just taking our attitudes from our parents or our subgroups in our community or even television shows or those kinds of things. And then when we can appreciate the difference, when we can appreciate, I'll go to Taylor. One of the things I love and appreciate about Taylor is he is excellent at facts and figures. That's not my strong suit. And the truth is, in in my mind, I tell myself one of the reasons Taylor has done that is because of some of the other difficulties he's experienced in his life. So I don't get those positive parts of Taylor without accepting you know, some of his physical limitations have been part of his life for a long time. And in doing that, I can show acceptance and compassion rather than saying, I wish you could be all things for all people, Taylor. I don't actually wish Me that. too. <laughs> all of us do. But that's not how it works. Yeah, it's, I think for me, that acceptance part of a relationship, that that is looking at it and saying that, when it comes to an attachment with someone, I think we look at our ideal attachment of who we'd like to be attached to and how that attachment would look like. But I think that acceptance part of a healthy attachment is recognizing, I don't even think limitations is necessarily the right word for it, but where they, it, 
it's not a limitation if we're humans and we're saying, I can't physically and just, I can't do everything, right? So it's not even so much a limitation. And limitation implies that it's, you should be able to do it and you're not able to do it. But within an attachment aspect um, of this acceptance, you need to recognize like not everyone can be a hundred percent in everything. So it's not that it's their limitation that we're just, we're just accepting it, that they just can't, right? It's saying like, no, they're a human being and they have a different mashup of different things that they're capable of doing. And that makes them a hundred percent, a whole person. It, if we were asking them to be perfect at all things, they'd be a robot. And that's, we're having relationships with humans. And so I think with what you're describing with that too, this idea of acceptance is just looking at it and saying like, I'm accepting that my, maybe my whole perception of what a human should be doing in a relationship maybe is faulty in some ways, because I need to recognize that I'm having relationships with human people. And again, it's not that they're limited. It's simply the fact of they're humans and not capable of doing everything all at once. I love that this is naturally moving us towards the next topic, which is curiosity, which is going to be our next podcast. I really encourage you as you move forward from this podcast to look at the things that you can accept. Look at the things we can celebrate in people who have differences in your family members, in your community, and even in people you don't really like. What are the things you can appreciate about them? Mm -hmm. And moving into that acceptance and even gratitude can help us recognize not that we want to be everyone's best friend, but that we are safer and more capable of moving forward in life in a healthy, happy, attached way. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We'd love to hear from you.